the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two for me on the Bruce Hooley Show is hour number five for me on the radio today. I had the pleasure of hosting Hugh Hewitt and enjoyed that experience very much. Second time I've done it. Appreciate those of you who have gotten in touch with me. And we are abreast of all the latest details in Ukraine. Russia dangled a ceasefire, didn't mean it. Uh, The Ukrainians say, no, no, the path out leads to Russia. We don't want to go that way. We want to go to freedom. That's what we're fighting for here. So the ceasefire has no hope of uh, actually happening. The numbers are 1.7 million Ukrainians seeking freedom and 406 civilians have been killed so far. As maniacal as Putin is, if he got them all to go to Russia, would they become hostages? I don't know. He'd probably uh, say that they were Russians who wanted to live oh, in the yeah. motherland rather than See, in a free land. Prove what he'd prove his point. Yes, it would. As he always uses this um, delivering... Russian citizens who are being held. He's used this in Georgia. He's used it in Chechnya. He's used it in Ukraine as well. Of course, much consternation around this because American gas prices continue to go up. The Biden administration blaming it on Ukraine. But in fact, Biden uh, destroyed our energy independence long before Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, Natasha Bertrand, New York Times, tweets that she has confirmed that the Biden administration is weighing easing sanctions on Venezuela so it can begin producing more oil and selling it on the international market. move would be aimed at reducing global dependence on Russian oil and isolating Russia from one of its key allies in South America. Ah, so we are not going to produce, uh, we are not going to purchase oil from an evil dictator in uh, Europe. We are going to purchase oil from an evil dictator, Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. Or, 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 or we can get oil from uh, an evil Ayatollah in Iran because we are also negotiating with Iran to buy oil. Yes, Iran and Venezuela coming to our rescue, not the American oil worker. This is among the topics that I talked about today when I visited with Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. She joined me on The Hugh Hewitt Show. And Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, was on one of the Sunday news shows talking about is, I think he was asked by Jake Tapper, are you going to sanction Russian oil? And uh, Blinken says, well, you know, uh, it's, it's on the table, but we got to ask our European allies first how they feel about that. Because, of course, the Biden administration leads from behind. And I noted to Molly that when we have to ask Europe permission to do something that we are fully capable of doing on our own, it is not only embarrassing, but uh, demonstrates extreme weakness. Well, the real weakness that we've seen is everything leading up to this decision by Putin to invade Ukraine. Our posture for decades uh, in general, with limited exceptions, has not been great in managing this conflict since the end of the Cold War. 
Uh, it is actually not bad to think prudently about what we're doing in terms of sanctions because there's so many second-order and third-order effects. That's where I don't think you're seeing Americans really thinking through what the long-term consequences are of some of these actions. And I think they're more concerned about appearing tough than actually thinking how to end this humanitarian disaster, how to end it quickly without risking literally nuclear war. And it doesn't seem like there are a lot of adults thinking through these very difficult issues. What are some of the things that you see on the horizon, those ripples in the pond, if you will, that you don't think are being uh, taken into account and that this administration and the decision makers don't have the foresight to see coming as a result of what they've already done? So in general, I think that people should be thinking about what's in America's interest first and foremost and rejecting some of these other approaches that seem to not care at all about what America's interests are in Russia's horrific decision to invade Ukraine and and cause this unnecessary war. Um, We're just seeing some of the same tired talking points without a, a sense that people understand the risks that are in play here. I mean, take even some of what we've done with Uh, with sanctions and getting Russia off of the financial system, Mm -hmm. the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency gives us a lot of power. It enables us to have a lot of debt. Moving everybody into a different system and making the U.S. dollar not so important is a very bad situation for us, even in the short term, but certainly in the long term. You see how some countries have not gone along with the West approach to isolating and sanctioning Russia, which means that this increases the power of the Eastern blocs, the you know, China and India working with Russia on supply chains and a means out of some of the sanctions that we've put on them. We do not want Russia and China to be stronger. We don't want that alliance to grow stronger. It's already too strong. And we should be thinking through not just this particular horror that we're experiencing, but how much worse it truly could get. Molly Hemingway is our guest. She is the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, and you can uh, find her thoughts and her uh, content on her Twitter feed, which is at MZ Hemingway. I would highly encourage you to buy her latest book, which is Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. That's available everywhere that books are sold. You know, Molly, I don't know if you saw the headline this morning. The Chinese foreign minister has called Moscow, quote, the most important strategic partner to Beijing, says no matter how perilous the international landscape, we will maintain our strategic focus and promote the development of a comprehensive China-Russia partnership in the new era. So it certainly appears that China is prepared to backstop Russia, buying wheat, a lot of other things, uh, to uh, accomplish China's purpose, which is, of course, to hurt the United States. And I think we're all waiting to find out what China does with Taiwan, because certainly what we do with Russia and Ukraine may not be apples to apples, but it's certainly a template. What do you see happening on this stage? And maybe what should we have done to keep this partnership between China and Russia from growing as strong as it appears to be growing? This entire debacle couldn't be happening at a better time for China as it continues its Cold War with us. 
And you, you, know, you think back to Kissinger and how he talked about the importance of triangulating the relationship between the Soviet Union, China, and us. That's, that was part of why he, why Nixon got closer to China was to mm-hmm. constrain the Soviet Union. And now it seems that China and Russia are understanding that and working that against us. But it also brings to mind, you know, we're doing all this against Russia. Meanwhile, China has been eating our lunch in many ways, becoming more dominant on the global stage for decades. And U.S. companies and our government and other Western governments have not been willing to do what they need to do to keep China from dominating. And then, you know, just playing right into their hands of getting distracted um, from our need to keep China as the primary focus of our national interest-based foreign policy by, uh, by, by what's happening here with Russia and Ukraine is just sort of par for the course for us. This is what I'm talking about when I'm saying, you know, we're, we're looking at what we can do in the short term to prevent what Putin is doing in Ukraine. And we should be, but we should be thinking very wisely about it and how it relates to our entire strategy and how our entire strategy really needs to be more focused on China. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. I just think that, you know, in order to be wise, you have to understand the problem. And I'm never honestly sure whether the Biden administration is uh, incompetent or just, uh, you know, has a much different agenda than I do, which is for America to prosper and to maintain its position of strength. I hearken back to something Joe Biden said in Iowa in 2019, where he basically like downplayed China's. He said they're they're not even competition for us. Like they're they're small, like so I, I don't know. Do they really understand what they are dealing with here? And if not, uh, what hope do we have that they can possibly get their arms around it? Well, and keep in mind, we just went through that four-year term where we were told that the Trump family, which was known to be a global business family, had all these compromising ties right. with other countries. Meanwhile, the Hunter Biden and the Biden family business is totally entangled with China. The Chinese communist-owned uh, groups working with the Biden family on massive deals. And we're not even talking about whether that relates to why Biden is not willing to do anything uh, intense against China. And then it's just hard to take him seriously at all when day one was to weaken our energy production, to harm our energy production. There's no way you can be serious going against Russia, which is not just an energy base. It has other things that we should be that we should be mindful of as well. Uh, but when we, we can't take we can't take it seriously, any effort to go against them when we are crippling our own energy supply. Molly Hemingway is our guest. She's the editor-in-chief of The Federalist. Uh, Find her on Twitter at MZ Hemingway. You know, there's so many familiar faces in the Biden administration. Uh, Jake Sullivan, Susan Rice, on and on and on and on. Uh, Obama famously said in his presidential debate with Mitt Romney in the 80s, called want their uh, foreign policy back. He posed China as the threat. Then Biden comes in. We talked about the comment in Iowa that uh, that China's not really a threat. Do you see, Molly, any difference in how these people who are advising Biden and have positions of influence in his cabinet and in his administration, uh, have they gained any clarity here on what the threat is to America, or are they just unrepentant, blind idealists who are going to plow through no matter whether world events uh, confirm their view of how things should be or not? I I am just shocked at the level of incompetence that we're seeing, even as the world is on the brink of what could be a world war with 
nuclear implications. I almost wish they were more ideological rather than just the incompetence that we're seeing. Um, mm-hmm. But you're also seeing it's not just the Biden administration. I think a lot of people on the outliers of the Biden administration in the think tanks, in corporate media, are not being serious right now about what a fraught situation this is. And they are amping up calls for things that could quickly lead to war. Um, you know, you mentioned Blinken on the show yesterday and him talking about fortifying Poland if Poland decides to enter the conflict. I mean, this is this is not something that should be talked about lightly because this is the type of thing that leads to actual world war. And that is not a pretty thing. And I think people can kind of romanticize this. This is a serious disaster we're facing and people should be doing everything in their power to end it as as possible, as peacefully as possible, we should be thinking off ramps for everybody um, so that because this is not a good moment, you know, never a good moment to fight a world war, but this is particularly not a good moment for us to be involved in a world war, given our economy and given what we're dealing with domestically. And speaking of that, Nikki Haley, the former U.N. ambassador, was on the Sunday news shows yesterday. She has no patience for the Biden administration and what it is doing in terms of negotiating with tyrants, mentioned Venezuela, I mentioned Iran. Obviously, it's afraid of Vladimir Putin leading from behind. We'll have Nikki Haley's comments for you next on The Bruce Willis Show. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. We will talk with our friend Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management at 1230 today. Some helpful hints for you if you are in that situation where your parents uh, may be approaching uh, the end of their lives. They have assets. You want to know as their child how you can protect their estate from the government taking a piece of it. Uh, Josh Pick will have some really interesting insight on that and also on gas prices and how high they might be heading. They are and on average over $4 a gallon nationwide today. That is the second highest all time. It's only a dime away from the all-time high. And so the Biden administration is caught in a problem of its own creation. Doesn't want to sanction, Rus- sanction Russian gas and oil because it doesn't want gas prices to go higher. Damage coming in the midterm elections because American consumers don't like high gas prices, weren't paying high gas prices when Donald Trump was the president. Of course, we had robust domestic energy production then. But if it was done by Trump, it must be undone by Biden. If it was undone by Trump, Paris Climate Accord, uh, what else was undone by Trump? Oh, Iran nuclear deal. It must be redone. Yes, we are trying to redo the Iran nuclear deal. Why? Why? Because Iran has oil and we want oil. We don't want to make it ourselves. That would offend the People who think that the climate is an existential threat. So Joe Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. He has sent the unmistakable message via regulations and other policies that, no, you're not welcome to drill here on federal lands like you used to be. 22% of the energy that we were producing as a nation under Donald Trump came from federal lands. Biden has stopped that. And they say, oh, oh, there are 9,000 leases out there. If only the energy companies would do a deal with us on federal lands. Well, they're not going to do a deal with you on federal lands if you are, through every other possible method, sending the unmistakable message that their investment could be yanked out from under them at any time. Ask the people who were building the Keystone XL pipeline. If it's a good idea to trust the Biden administration on endeavors, investments in domestic energy. No, it is not a good idea at all. 
Now, Nikki Haley, the uh, former ambassador to the United Nations, looks at this like I do. She's looking at us begging Iran for more oil, undoing the sanctions that Trump placed on the Venezuelan dictator, Nicolas Maduro, trying to get them to produce more oil. Nikki Haley on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. Chuck Todd noting that, well, you know, a lot of presidents have screwed up with Vladimir Putin. This is not just a Joe Biden problem. This is a problem going back 20 years. Well, one could argue that there's been 20 years of appeasing Putin, uh, that there was this belief that he could be part of the world order. Was that a mistake from the get-go? No, I've always said that you cannot trust Russia. You cannot trust Putin. You can't trust Xi. You can't trust China. This is, it's common sense. I dealt with them at the United Nations. You never negotiate. You never deal with your enemies. You can't trust them. And that's why I was mortified that Biden went so far as asking China for help with Russia. I mean, you never ask an enemy for help with another enemy. I never told China anything that I didn't want Russia to know because you know how they coordinate. It's the same reason why it's unthinkable that Biden would be coordinating or even thinking of getting back into the Iran deal with the Russians and Chinese at the table. Why are we negotiating and trusting enemies? You don't do that. That's the first start to being strong in America is understand who your enemies are and make sure that you let them know they that you understand them. So if you treat, you would not, there's one thing, if you would treat China as an enemy, not as a as a rival, if you will. You wouldn't work with them diplomatically at all if you were in charge right now. Do you know what I mean? China right now has coordinated with Russia. When Biden went and told China what was going on and asked for help with Russia, what did China do? China ran and told Russia. I watched at the United Nations. Those two countries are getting incredibly close. Mm -hmm. They don't like each other. They don't trust each other, but they both want to destroy the West. Why are we waiting for that to happen? China, when they take Taiwan, this is going to blow up. Right now, Taiwan's manufacturing half of the semiconductor chips. What do Americans use? They use their phones. They use their computers. They drive cars. All of that will be disrupted. Why are we relying on China to give us medical supplies when we saw how they handled COVID in the world? We've got to wake up. America has to wake up and we have to start being smart to deal with these tyrants. We can't let them continue to run all over us. This is a very uh, powerful message that Nikki Haley articulates that Republicans can articulate. The Democrats articulate a a global message. Let's be part of the global economy. Oh, we don't dare hold the Chinese accountable for COVID. Oh, you know, uh, we ought to do what Europe is doing. Jen Psaki says we have to reduce our demand for oil because Europe is doing it. Now, Americans don't want to be like Europeans. We want to be Americans. We like to think that we have things figured out here. And we do have things figured out here. We have... Capitalism, innovation, meritocracy. Yeah, they can dumb it down in Europe, and they can make it an even playing field for everybody, and they can let refugees in from all over the world and deal with all the problems that come with that. That has failed here. It always will fail here. And so we, on one hand, want the Democrats to stick with that agenda because it will get them thrown out of office. The problem is we have to deal with them right now while they are still in office.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.